Let's see. Galatians chapter 2, I'll read one verse, and that being verse 21, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer and, and ask Him to bless the reading of His Word and that that is on our hearts. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21 reads, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead. Christ is dead in vain. I'll try to read that one more time without stuttering. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your blessed word. We thank you so much for all that you do for us and, and the many blessings that you give us through this word. And we pray to Heavenly Father that the application of what you've given us is, is, is we've allowed you to just apply it to our lives, that we can be the better Christian, the better servant, the better everything that we need to be for you. I pray, God, that you would just help us now as we give that that's upon our heart. Uh, help us to be hidden behind your cross, dear God, that people would hear the word and not us. And we thank you so much for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anybody ever been frustrated? Not at all, right? I mean, really. I, I know that was, a, it was a, f a funny question to start with. We've all been frustrated at some point. And when you start thinking about those, those frustrations and, and things of that nature, I read a story. There was a kid in pre-K. Uh, it was, you know, nap time was over, snack time was over. The day was over and it's time for this kid to load up and go home and the teacher's there, you know, just really working to get this kid's boots back on and is pushing and working so hard. And the little boy just says, these are not my boots. These are my, these are not my boots. And she's like, oh, go get your boots. She's like, but I wore these are my brother's boots. My mom put them on me this morning. So these are my boots. And she finally, she starts all over again. She's getting more and more frustrated and pushing these boots on this kid. And they just like, they don't want to fit. But finally she gets both boots on. And tells the little boy to go get his gloves. He said, well, my gloves are stuffed into my boots. <laughs> so you can imagine the frustration. And we all see that kind of frustration as well. I mean, we feel like sometimes in life or even with our kids or, or someone else's kids. And I mean, Sunday school teachers, you know what I'm saying? You got other people's kids. You, you feel like you're stuffing a foot into a stuffed shoe and you're frustrated. I remember uh, once with with Dylan, man, it was it was rough. Uh, he had to have certain kind of socks. They, anything else really bothered his feet. And it was it was unreal sometimes getting shoes on him if he had the wrong socks. So, I mean, I've, I know this frustration. You know this frustration. You feel this frustration at work, at home, and you're pushing and pulling and pulling and pushing and they're not your boots. It seems like that you're getting frustrated because it's not your boots or someone else's gloves are stuffed into your boots. And we, we, we allow that to, to rule the day sometimes. And I got to thinking about this as we read it. And, and, and he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. And I began to think about a, a frustration being, you know, upset or annoyed, especially when it's something that we can't change or achieve, you begin to get exasperated or discouragement. All of that follows. But you get frustrated. It's annoying. It's, it's a thing that, you know, you can't achieve something. You can't get to a place and, and your, your whole everything just gets all warped. And, and it's just like you just want to throw your hands up and say, I quit. And, and I got to thinking about why Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians. And if you think about that definition of frustration, there had been folks come in 
and taught them differently than what Paul had been sent to teach them. Therefore, that frustration of the gospel began to happen. And we look and we see that what, what the Bible would, would probably refer to them as Judaizers. The Judaizers, I'm not sure I say that word right, but those were Christians that teach you have to follow the law in order to be saved. Some of those had crept in. We still see that. Your memory verse today for this past week, your memory verse is key. It's a good fight verse. It's for by grace are you saved through faith not, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's nothing that you can add to God's grace to make it better. But the people were slipping into the to the Galatians here and they had begun to teach them different things and wanted them to adopt Jewish customs. And they said that this was, you know, a, a requirement of salvation. You you didn't just get saved by grace. You, you, you men have to be circumcised. You women have to change and do this. You have to all these things has to come. You read that in verse 21, the very first part. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I'm not going to annoy, annoy the grace of God. I'm not going to disturb it in that manner. We see that Paul was saying, we are not in a place to do so. And we see this in our culture today. We, I mean, you look around and it's only two types of religions in the world. You say, that's ridiculous. There's all kinds of religions. No, there's two. There's works and what you got to do. And then there's Christ and what he's done. That's the only two things that... And it's so prevalent in the world today. If you if you begin to study any of that, if you get into a place where you can study some of it, you find it's always what you are to do to get to this place, what you have to accomplish to get to this place. And Paul's saying no. And if you look at verse uh, chapter three, verse one, that says everything. The first three words. Oh, foolish Galatians. He was pretty stern with the Galatians. And I, and I see that uh, there's a little bit of, of sternness that needs to be with us today. Because we get in this mindset, you know, what can I do? What can I do? There's nothing that we can do. But we want to see here that we don't want to frustrate the grace of God. And you say, well, how can I frustrate the grace of God? Let's first think of, of what Paul told or what God told Paul in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 9. Let's start there. Because God said to him, and Jesus, in the words in red, he said unto me, if you got to think, uh, Paul had a thorn of the flesh, right? And this is where Paul said, I, I, I went to God three times and asked him to remove this thorn from me. But Jesus' answer wasn't, okay, let me have it. Give it here. No, Jesus' answer was, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul said, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. First, you have to understand that God's grace is complete. It needs no help. There's nothing. Was the Bible say that? Can I can I make myself taller? No, I can't. I can't do that. 
There's nothing I can do with grace to make it any better. Paul said it, Jesus said it to Paul, that my grace is sufficient. So in every need that we have, grace is sufficient. The Galatians here begin, we'll get over here just in, in, just, a, in, a, in just a second, uh, going back to chapter 1 there, we find some things that were, were going on. But, but really, I want you to understand what Paul, his words were to the Galatians. In 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, and he says, Who hath bewitched thee? Do you, do you pay attention to anything that goes on nowadays and, and the bewitching that happens? It's constant bewitching. There's always, Satan's always up to a trick. He's always up to a sleight of hand. He's always up to his trickery to, 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 to fool us. I mean, that's his, that's his game, right? He wants to trick you. He wants to trip you. He wants you to fall over. He wants to get you off balance because he's like that roaring lion ready to pounce on us. Get you off balance with a little bit of bewitchery. And he's got you that way and he can knock you over. He's on top of you. Got you in a figure four. And in many ways has a screaming, crying uncle, right? We used to get our kids down on the ground. I don't know if you daddies still do that. I try from time to time. I got this one little move that I'll take your pinky or something right there and I'll just pinch it like that. And I don't know. And just and it'll put you on your knee. It'll put a grown man on his knees. And that's what Satan, Satan wants to do that, but he's going to frustrate the gospel. That's him frustrating the gospel before you because the gospel of Jesus Christ is you are saved by grace through faith. Satan wants you to think you have to work somewhere and you got to do this extra stuff. And he starts to frustrate and he began to get in here and he began to frustrate the gospel with the Galatians. And, and again, Paul was very firm when he said, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched thee? Um, he says, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? It's so easy, church. It is so easy for us to be tricked. I don't ask me why, but I know that I've been tricked. I'm sure that you've been tricked. I mean, uh, we were talking uh, about what Paul said. You know, why do I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I ought to do? It's a bewitchery. But see, we still today, the world, and we see it happening. We can't be blind to it. The world is going to frustrate the grace of God. It's going to frustrate the gospel. We are the glue that's going to end up holding what God has us together. He put us here as like a glue to, to, to bind it together. And we have to be careful that somebody doesn't come in and start trying to separate that glue. So first of all, in here, the Galatians, you see in chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, some frustration that was going on. Paul said, I marvel that you are soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. We see salvation getting perverted. Salvation, first and foremost, Satan, that's what he wants to do. He wants to remove salvation from the picture. He wants to pervert it so that you think salvation is something that it's not. He wants you to think it's something of yourself. To hear the Galatians, they're perverting this. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed. And verse 7, he says, which is not another, but there are some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. 
some of these perversions were, uh, like I said before, you know, you got to have Jewish customs. You got to accept these things that you, you, I mean, you can't you can't be a Christian if you don't do the circumcision like we do as Jews. You 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 understand that <clears throat> some of the other customs and traditions of the, the, the feast and the, the uh, tradition reverences and and things of rituals that they had that were, you know, freed from Christ, freed us from those, but yet they, they wanted to keep those in play. It was like, I feel comfortable with this. And, and someone comes right back around and says, hey, you feel comfortable with this. Doesn't this feel like it ought to feel? It doesn't feel out of the order and things of that nature. So they were frustrating this, the, the salvation. They were perverting the gospel they were saying that grace doesn't come just from faith. They were saying that it comes from works as well and customs and the things of these nature. And I began to think about Romans eleven six. 6. Romans eleven six says that, and if by grace, because Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you are saved through faith. Uh, Romans eleven six 6 says, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. The Bible explaining the Bible. The Bible confirming the Bible. It is no more by works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more work. Paul is just saying that there's nothing. The perversion that's going on here in the churches in Galatia, they're taking salvation and flipping it upside down and giving them something else. Salvation. Your salvation. You know, it'd be hard for me to believe that you would be here on a Sunday night if there wasn't something that happened deep within. You know, to be here on a Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday night for that matter. God's touched your heart and you're here for something. And, and the salvation that he put there is of him. It would be hard for me to believe that you're here just for the fun of it. You're here because you have a longing and a desire to see God, to feel God, to learn of God, to take and and put up your bewitching tools where, where that you can see the bewitching coming or see the trickery coming. So the Galatians, they were young. And, he's, and he even said, you know, so quickly removed. So they were perverting the, 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 the gospel of salvation. Then and then they were preaching perversion to to deceive and, and paul tells them there's only one gospel was it paul that said he basically in my my southern king james he said i don't care if an angel comes down here and teaches you something else it's wrong because there's only one gospel but how easily they were bewitched and moved and deceived and then they were they were in verses a little bit further down. They were perverting and and changing the, the service. They wanted to say, you know, their absence and they wanted to bring an absence or a suppression of passion. Now, I'm not going to criticize church services today, but there is a lack of of passion for worshiping God. And that's what. Satan wants you, you know, Satan wants you to sit on the pew and let the song leader lead the songs, let the pianist play the piano and everybody just kind of. He doesn't want to see you get excited 
in church service. He doesn't want to see that true worship come forth, the passion for wanting to see that. And we, they were dumbing this down. They were literally in, in this church bewitching them. They were dumbing them down to a point where their passion for serving God was gone. There was no, no oomph to it. There was no love and, and honor being shown through that that uh, worship their their stewardship that this begins to take their stewardship what God had given them their talents and now they're no longer even using those talents I doubt I don't doubt that many of them uh, place the word of God if they were near it off on the shelf there's many homes here that we could go into and you could pick up a Bible. And when you picked up the Bible, it would be a spot on the table with the dust around it where that Bible hadn't been moved. And then you might find it on the shelf. I was just uh, talking today at that home. Uh, the, the, um, the topic came up of the Gideon Bible that you used to find in every single hotel room. I don't think you find them there anymore. We were at the hospital, used to find them in hospital rooms. We were at the hospital and uh, Gordon mentioned to Joanna about reading her Bible. And she said, well, I got whisked out so quick in the ambulance that I didn't bring mine. They had to call the chaplain to bring one up from the chapel. There was not one in the room. So this has been pushed off to the side. It's, it's no longer relevant, right? In, in today's world it's no longer relevant so that goes when this is put over here off to the side eventually your passion goes with it your love for worship of God goes with it this this is a spark that keeps this right here churning and burning and longing I mean, we were in Sunday school this morning and blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled? Oh, it's an awesome thing when you... I, I like to never brag on myself, but I want to say that I, I got a spot of my life that I'm very pleased with, and I have disconnected myself from TV. How did I do that? With this. And now, when I don't have a yearning to turn on the TV... You know, to me, that that dumbs me down. It it dulls my my edge. But I pick this up and my edge is sharpened. I find it in the word and it, it turns and it begins to burn. What was it? Um, Jeremiah, who said, I ain't going to speak of him anymore. But he said there was a burning and I couldn't keep my mouth closed because this fire of, of, of everything, the passion that he was talking about just wanted to come out and I couldn't hold it in. That's what Satan was beginning to take away from the Galatians and he wants to take it away from each and every one of us. He wants you to sit still. He wants you to not enjoy your church service. He wants you... You know, he wants to tell I, I, he wants to tell you, Mandy, that you just don't feel good enough for church. But, you know, I think Mandy would would testify to this. She feels 
better here than she would sitting at home. I mean, there's so much that this bewitching that's happened and it continues to happen and it ends up in deception. And we know that Christ said so many times, be not deceived. The word says so many times, be not deceived, be not deceived, be not deceived. And so many in our communities and and our cultures and in our world want to deceive you into just sitting still and not worshiping God. So in their service, uh, the, the absence of passion and all that had had been removed. But from this trickery and and I began to think in, in revelations uh, that, that said to write to the angels. I want to say it's Revelation three where it writes the angels go and write to the churches and each church. There was something mentioned about the church. So the church in Ephesus. Christ said you left your first love. So to the church there in Galatia, it's like Paul is saying how easily you've been removed from Christ, from salvation, from one gospel. How easily you've been pulled away from that. And the church in Ephesus that we read You've left your first love. And when we we can look at ourselves, right, we are the church. We have to be so careful not to step away from our first love. To stand and and in awe and and, and awesome wonder of, of God Almighty and Jesus Christ, our Savior, and to see them ignite the passion in us. The church at Pergamos... Said Christ said, you got doctrinal errors. Why would they have doctrinal errors? I'm sure they're at the church in Galatia, as easily removed as they were, they had doctrinal errors as well. But why would they have doctrinal errors? Heaping to themselves teachers with itching ears. Not looking at this. Do you know how easily... Satan can be with you if you're not into this. This gives you all the doctrine you need. It gives you all the doctrine you need. And, and it was the theatrica. Uh, they, they, Christ said, you've committed spiritual adultery. Think about it, Church. Paul's writing to the Galatians and he used to, oh, foolish Galatians. What if I substituted my name into there? Oh, foolish Daryl. How easily you've been bewitched. All because I haven't taken the time to show myself approved. And spiritual adultery. You find that all through the scriptures. Many times God sends those prophets and says, Israel has committed adultery against me. And Hosea, one of the most powerful ones that I I, I read and it jumps and and just really stirs me is, you know, go marry a whore from the whoredoms of the whores. And and, uh, those things is like and, and all of these 
these things and I look around and I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? I can, I can have passion in my worship. I can, I can have passion in my Bible reading. I can do much better. I can be the Christian that God called me to be and others can see this and they can want what we have. It's, it's up to me. It's up to me to allow God's grace through faith to work itself outward. It's up to me. It's up to you. We don't want to hear. I mean, just think today, if Paul were to be in prison up here in Rome. And he wrote a letter to Faith Baptist Church of Kingston. What would it say? And then take it one level deeper. If Paul was locked up in Rome and wrote a letter to you or me, what would it say? What would it say? I think we could we could reflect on this and and the spiritual adultery is is rampant in in our world. And to the church of Laodicea, he said, you're lukewarm. Lukewarm. The bewitching just continues to to flow and it worsens and worsens and worsens. And each and every one of us, we have to be on guard Because Jesus told Peter, he said, look, Peter, Satan would sift the very elect if he could. The very elect. Those of us that have been predestinated to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, Satan is standing with a sifter waiting to sift you, waiting to sift me. The very elect of Jesus we have to be on guard. We don't, we don't want to receive the letter that says, Oh, foolish Faith Baptist Church. Or, Oh, foolish and add your name or my name. We don't want to frustrate the gospel. We don't want to frustrate grace. We want to apply that we are saved by God's grace. And we want to understand that we frustrate it by trying some other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way. The only way. And, and I was thinking of, of Brother Gordon's testimony this morning when he said he spoke with the, the two Mormon ladies. And, and he told me the story where he noticed they were wearing name tags that said sister such and such and sister whomever. And that caught his eye. And so he struck up a conversation. And for everything they said about the Book of Mormon, Brother Gordon had an answer from the Bible. That's in a place that we all should be to be not so we don't be tricked. We read our Bibles. We study our Bibles. We're ready when those things come so that the bewitchery doesn't fall upon us. So that, oh, you know what? That really makes sense. And then you're turned away to another way and we frustrate the gospel. I always thought of reading Galatians, you know, Paul was writing a, a fairly nice letter, but when you sit down and read it, he was truly admonishing and correcting 
a wayward people. And, and it's so powerful. He did it in such a loving way. Yeah, he did say foolish Galatians. Sure. But is that not foolish to frustrate the gospel? If we were to frustrate the gospel today, would it not still be foolish and to be bewitched? But he said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And in verse 8 of chapter 1 is where Paul said, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which have preached unto you, let him be accursed. For do I persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. It's up to us to study, to not do the things to frustrate the gospel. Others are watching you. I, I don't think they should. I don't, I, don't, I don't tell anyone, watch what I do. Mimic me, because I will fail. Mimic Jesus. But others are watching us nonetheless. And I pray that we're all in a place that it does not frustrate the gospel. That it always, our light always shines from Christ through us. Because it's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift. Powerful words. It's not a gift. It's the gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So, when you're applying this, first remember, God's grace is sufficient for every need, for every opportunity, for every place you may find yourself in life. God's grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. And while you're doing that, realize that your salvation comes from that grace through faith. You can't get it any other way. And let that ignite a passion within you to share Christ, to worship Christ, to pray, to read, to, to be a light to a lost and dying world. Let that passion Send you out into the harvest fields. The Bible teaches us that the fields are white and ready to harvest. But the laborers are few. There could be more laborers. I, I say many have been bewitched. Many have turned aside. Many have stepped away. But God has called us unto great, unto salvation through grace by faith. May we exemplify that in everything that we do. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your many blessings. I pray, dear Lord, that you would just bless here the reading of your word. Father God, let us 
apply this. May we always be found passionate about serving you and, Father, not frustrating the gospel. I pray, Father, that you would use each and every individual here, open doors for them this week, that they may share your son Jesus and, and bring another soul into the, to, to the kingdom. Father God, I pray as we sing these songs, those that need to pray, Lord God, that they would just come and cast their cares before you because you do care for us. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.